0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DDW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus. We haven't entirely nailed down what
1: element it is yet, but I'll tell you this it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 91. Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I have been writing about games, promoting games, and marketing games for more than 10 years, which is a long time. Uh, Our other resident mom, Regina, is traveling with her family, so she won't be joining us this week. So it's just me and Steven. Steven Dutzman, who is editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming and the father of three. Hi, Steven.
0: Hi, Nicole. How are you?
1: I'm pretty good. Uh, for those listeners who don't know that or he says it a lot. So you should know that Steven lives in Connecticut, which means he is buried under snow right now. How much two snow feet. Have you guys gotten? We
0: 20? got two feet and uh, drifts <laughs> as high as four. Wow. Um, which is uh, what I had to dug out, dig out today because my snowblower is broken. So I had oh. to do it all by hand. Now, the cool part is I have this really cool, giant yellow shovel. That's like Uh really big and can move a very large number of cubic feet of snow at once, Uh which is good. um, But I still had to move a lot of it. Um, Shout out to my wife and my older son, who uh, actually I looked at him and I said, bro, you got to help. So shout out to the two of them uh, for helping. Um, Yeah, so it's I'm ready to go back to work because I haven't been at my day job (laughs) in a couple of days. Now, that is sad. Um, Yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, so my husband is in England, um, again. It happens a lot. But, um, so that left, um, his, uh, I'm going to say, quote unquote, Final Fantasy duty was left to me because Anna has been sitting and watching him play Final Fantasy, like, constantly. And, uh, so she asked the other day to play Final Fantasy, and I told her, I'm like, honey, I haven't even played this game at all. So, I'm not going to be anywhere near as good as daddy. It's going to take me a long time to figure things out. So would you like to watch me play horizon instead? And she was okay with that, which is awesome. I have managed to avoid final fantasy yet again.
0: Managed, but really that's just to your detriment because it's an amazing video game. So (laughs) that's, I mean, you're not, you're not gaining anything by not playing final fantasy. In fact, I think you're losing something and that's fine. Um, But that's okay. I mean, you don't have, not everyone has to love Final Fantasy. Just people that are wrong.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) all right. So, uh, the big news this week, or should I say over the previous weekend, Steven was at PAX East. He had a bunch of appointments, I think. So you were doing a VR appointment in the morning. So let me know. Did you puke?
0: Um, the VR appointment ended up falling through.
1: Because I couldn't find
0: them. The floor... (laughs) No, I'm not even joking. The floor was so much more confusing as far as layout this year than Uh it has ever been. And it didn't seem to match up with the map. So I was actually late for almost every appointment I had uh, because I couldn't figure out what anything was. Um, Part of that is because the Indie Mega Booth is not an Indie Mega Booth anymore. It's like an Indie Mega the whole damn floor. So... Right. (laughs) Um. And some of the, and it was just really crazy, um, and it was yeah. very crowded on both Saturday and Sunday. So I I ended up missing the VR appointment. I was very disappointed. Um, yeah. So we don't know if I puked or not. I probably would have. <laughs> um, just knowing my luck. But I played a lot of other really good games, though. Not gonna lie. All
1: right. Let's hear about some of those.
0: So for full details of everything I played, um, look at listen to. Uh, this past Monday's episode of Engage Family Gaming Podcast. It's about 25 minutes long. I actually recorded it while driving home. Um, so I, I apologize for the audio quality, but it's like pure atomic hot takes on uh, my games. So um, the best game that I played was called Snake Pass. Um, it's by Sumo Digital, and it is about a snake. And you're trying, go figure, and you're trying to navigate these 3D platforming environments. Um, it really feels like they took a snake character out of, like, Banjo-Kazooie and, like, uh. put him in his own game. Um, what's really cool about it is Sumo Digital is really good at driving games. And it's in, what's interesting is this snake drives like a car. Um, okay. The idea is they studied the way snakes navigate three-dimensional space to figure out how this thing drives, and then, um, basically you have a slither button, which makes you go, and then you have a grip button, which makes you break. The grip thing helps you hold on to, say, um, like bamboo poles that might be spinning around or rotating or what have you, um... It was really cool. Uh, the soundtrack is done by the same guy that did Donkey Kong Country, um, oh, so it gives that's you an cool. idea. Like, it just sounds really exciting and poppy, um, but uh-huh. it's somehow re- at the same time it's very relaxing. It's very zen. There are no enemies in this game, so it's all just platforming mm-hmm. challenges. Um, that's cool. Those platforming challenges with no jump because you're a snake, right? Um, yes. So I thought that was really cool. Um, Yeah,
1: it's funny. I'm going to stop you for a second here. You said this by Sumo Digital, yes? Yeah. Yeah, Sumo Digital used to be part of the big developer that I did um, PR and marketing for. It's a huge conglomerate of developers that no longer exists. But Sumo used to be one of those. Everyone is off doing their own thing now, but yeah. So yeah, there you go. I know everybody again. Yeah, there you go. You know everyone. <laughs> um,
0: so it was really—I mean, it was—they were the the, um, the game. You know, I think by the end of the weekend, it won a bunch of you know game of show awards. You know, indie uh-huh, games. So yeah, I mean, it was very cool. Um, there, it's coming out very soon. Also, uh, I think uh, end of this month, beginning of next month, something like that. So I uh-huh. expect um, they're sending me a review copy, so I'll be able to talk in more detail about that one as we go. Um, I also played a game called Yonder: The Cloud Catcher Chronicles, which is. Um, okay. So, basically, um, it's, like, Dragon Quest Builders, in that you play, like, a little character, and then you run around and do quests, and you build, and you fish, and you farm, and whatever, uh, but it's way softer, um, and I say softer, meaning, like, everything is, has, like, this gentle, like, warm colors- soft there's nothing is like jagged edges and um Mm. you know it's very peaceful it felt like reading like a children's storybook Mm. um which is super cool um and it was very relaxing it's coming out this summer for pc and ps4 by the way snake pass is coming to everything switch Mm. ps4 xbox one and pc um but So Yonder is coming to PC and PS4. It was first revealed right around PSX. um, Mm -hmm. And it was, I was captivated by the trailer um, and I had a chance to play it. I played it for about a half hour, really dug it. I mean, it's very chill. Um, You know, the character creation is like on the fly. You just change everything, like your hairstyle, Mm -hmm. your facial hair, um, like everything, um, Mm -hmm. which is super neat. Uh, I think this is one that we're going to have some kids lose a whole lot of hours to their uh, to their (laughs) summer once this comes out, because this is super family friendly, um, very, you know, very casual. So I think a lot of kids will dig into it. Um, And the farming elements uh, are they they really um, they scratch the same itch for me that Farmville did in that you get a farm that you inherit and you talk to this book. And it converts it to like a grid view of your farm, and you can lay things uh. down like very perfectly on this grid. Um, and man, did I just I didn't want to get up, I didn't want my yeah. demo to end because I just really yeah. liked that. That
1: that sounds like I could um I could lose lots of hours. Into sounds a that. little
0: Stardew Valley-ish there. Stardew
1: Valley-ish, uh, yes. So um, um yeah, no, that sounds so, great. What's it called again?
0: It's called a Yonder, the Cloud Catcher Chronicles. The story is you're a little kid that shipwrecks on an island, um, and you have okay. to kind of, you learn about this place as you quest in it, and all the people are super friendly, and eventually there's a story. They, yeah. they didn't want to talk to me about much about it, but there is like a meta-narrative going on, uh-huh. and I think a lot of it is finding out the secrets of the island, because it's an island. Um, yeah. But it was... It was, I can't wait to play more of it. Um, I think uh-huh. it is. It's super pretty. Like, it's. you have to watch the trailers. So head on over to YouTube, look up Yonder, the Cloud Catcher Chronicles, um, or just Yonder PS4, and I think that everyone can understand what I mean, like, when I talk about, like, it being gentle. It felt like I was playing in a storybook, whereas huh. Dragon Quest feels like I was playing a Dragon Quest game. Uh-huh. It just so happened that I was doing different stuff. This feels like I was playing a children's storybook. And it was very cool. Um, I played this real-time strategy game called Northgard, which is on Steam Early Access, and it is blowing up um, huh. on Steam right now. Um, basically, what's cool about it is you are Viking clans. Uh-huh. Um, that by itself, who cares, right? Whatever, you know. But um, what's really cool about it is it is an RTS that, um, RTS meaning real-time strategy game, that is uh, that right from the jump has um, uh, multiple paths to victory, Mm. Um, whereas the vast majority of them might have an objective-based one, depending on, like, the map, or it's just kick the other guy in the teeth until they're dead. Yeah. This one has other... um, This one has other options that are, um, you know, like, there's a fame-based one, which is about, like, controlling territory and... You earn fame in different ways. There's a lore one where you assign dudes as lore masters to these nodes on the map that are kind of capturable and defendable. It, I, yeah. I really dug it. Um, cartoony graphics, not a lot of blood, uh, which I was super excited about because, you know, I hear Viking warriors and I'm like, man, am I gonna be able to show this to my kid? And I can. <laughs> um, it's very far along in early access. Um, you know, this isn't, you know, some of those games you try them and you're like, wow, this is not actually going to come out. No, this game is legitimately going to come out. Um, They've got four clans in. Now they're going to implement two more. Um, Uh They're um, they expect that they're going to launch and they're going to add like multi more multiplayer modes and stuff like that. Um, But they're, they expect it to full release in September. So that's not bad. Mm -hmm. Um, They sent me a steam code. So I'm going to play it a little bit um, probably tonight. uh, And you know, so I'll have more information. Um, what else did I play that we all give a crap about? Um, I'm trying to think through the things that I did and saw. Um, oh man, I played Steam World Dig too, yo. Do you remember Steamworld <laughs> Dig? Did you play the
1: original Steamworld Dig? No, I did not.
0: Okay, so Steamworld Dig is pretty straightforward. It's a platformer game. You dig down, you get resources. You climb back up to the top, you use those resources to craft better materials and equipment that let you dig down farther, and you just keep going. You take those resources, you go up top, you spend them to buy new tools that allow you to dig farther down. Um, The original game, you basically kept doing that, discovering some new tools until you got to the very bottom where you fought a final boss. Spoilers. This one, (laughs) um, they're adding mini bosses and a little bit more of a narrative, um, and it looks super cool and... The uh, protagonist is a obviously female robot. Um, oh, okay. And not just because they took the Steam World Heist Guy or Steamworld Dig Guy and put a bow on his head. No, she looks <laughs> fat. You, you, we laugh, but we know that that was a possibility. Um, but no, <laughs> she um, she's got uh, cool steampunk goggles, and uh, what look like either I can't I couldn't really tell I didn't look at it, but either like Leia buns. Or, like, pigtails that just have, like, ball-bearing things on the end, because she is a robot. So I don't know if Uh it's, like, pebbles from Flintstones with just, like, big, like, spheres on the end, or Leia buns. (laughs) I couldn't tell. But it's very obviously a female robot, as opposed to... Okay. The the first guy looked like a cowboy, only he was made out (laughs) of, like, bronze. So I thought that was cool, and she was, I mean, you know, and the mini-boss thing, I thought it was cool. Um... They called me, uh, the developer called called me out for figuring out the quote-unquote cheese strat for beating the mini-boss because I found okay. out that occasionally it surrounded himself with this electricity shield, which, since I'm uh-huh. a robot, doesn't do damage to me. It just triggers invincibility frames and bounces me away. So if you are smart, you just let it bounce you up to the ceiling repeatedly, and then you fall down on it. You don't take damage but it triggers your invincibility frame. So when it does shoot at you, the bullets just pass right through you. And he's like, you figured out the cheese strat during the demo. And I'm like, well, dude, I mean, <laughs> how do you expect me to not try and use invincibility frames in a, I mean, come on. And he, so um, I was, so I was uh, admonished. Um, what else? Yes. I, and so trying to think of what else I played, I know I played one other game, um, No, but I think those are the important ones. Um, You know, I played some other cool stuff. There were, I mean, I didn't get to do as much as I wanted to. Um, Mm -hmm. There's just so much, you know? Uh, And I was only there for two of the three days. So I really felt like I missed some of it. Um, Nintendo's booth was massive. There was a three-hour line to play the Switch. Um, And so my oldest was like, hey, Dad, did you play the Switch? And I was like... No. He's like, did you at least play Splatoon 2? And I'm like, no. What about Mario Kart? Evan, listen, I'm not going to wait three <laughs> hours to play a console that I already own.
1: Already own.
0: <laughs> the only thing that makes me kind of regret it is that they were giving out Nintendo Switch baseball caps to everybody that got in. And I kind of <laughs> wanted one of those baseball uh, baseball caps. Oh, my gosh. I was just reminded of the absolute coolest game I played at the show, Graceful Explosion Machine. Okay. <laughs> Let me paint a picture for you. This so Snake Pass was probably the best ga- like game I played, but I think the one that I am going to put the most time into eventually uh-huh. is going to be Graceful Explosion Machine. It's an arcade style game. Here's the here's the the pitch. It's like Gradius, only you can turn around. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. <laughs> um and all the levels loop back on each other. So they're uh-huh. like a circle, kind of like Rezogun from PS4 or whatever. The idea is, it's just a time chase to kill all the enemies without getting hit, right? The more enemies you kill without getting hit, higher combos, score chase, whatever. And the faster you do it, the better too. And you get four weapons that are assigned to each of your four face buttons. That's it. Um, And it's, everything is like bright yellows and oranges and pinks and purples. It's very like, it's not neon. It's not pastel. It's somewhere in between bright shape, okay. bright colors, um very simple shapes. Your spaceship is just so not like even there. It's launching exclusively on the Switch later on this uh later on in April. Uh it's coming out before Mario Kart and they're very nervous about that because they know that this is the oh. period of time cuz this is a period of time where every game that comes to the Switch is getting scrutinized.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: um so they're nervous, but man they shouldn't be. That game is super sick. Um you know, I had so much fun. I had the developer sitting next to me and every time I figured out something, he was like taking notes like, Oh, this guy knows what he's doing, which was interesting. Cause that's the first time anyone's ever implied that I knew what I was doing.
1: <laughs> you know, most developers do that. Um, you know, at PAX, if they're showing their game, they will, uh, definitely like if they're not like visibly writing down notes, they are going to watch you play and see how you play and everything. Um, and that's good. I remember um, the first Lego game that I ever played was the Lego Harry Potter years one through four. Um, and I got a demo from um, Traveler's Tales. You know, they developed yep. those games and I got a demo. I sat down, you know, this is when I IGN. I sat down and I'm like, OK, what are the controls? And they're like, uh, well, why don't you just just try what you think? We'll, we'll see how, how what you think and whether that's right. And I'm like, OK. So, you know, tried all the buttons. Basically, they wanted to see how accessible it was, um, you know, so people would be using I I thought that was a cool approach. Um, yeah. Not that, you know, you should just throw people games without giving them any uh, direction. But, but being buttons, that you yeah, worked but... at
0: IGN, they probably assumed yeah. that you had a fair vocabulary for 3D <laughs> platformers. Like, you probably touched yeah. a game or two, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying. All right. Yes. Yeah. So, um. So, what about cosplay? Did you see oh, any really man. good cosplay? Oh
0: man! My God! I saw so <laughs> many divas. So much diva. It was like I even saw a dude dressed up as diva. Not even. <laughs> um. And it wasn't even like. And I'm fine with gender bent cross cosplay. I saw a, uh-huh. uh, a guy that was Merida once, and he had uh-huh. like. Long curly red hair, and I was like, "That's whatever, dude." It's, and it, the the difference is, he just was wearing pants instead of like the, <laughs> the you know the green dress that she wears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was just wearing yeah. pants. I was like, whatever. It it was Merida. Um, so yeah. I'm not a I'm not opposed to that, but that dude was just legit just wearing Diva's cat suit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man you you oh. get down with yourself, bro. You get down with yourself, bro. Um, there were a lot, and you know what Uh, I admired the, I will, I am comfortable saying that I was very much admiring the craftsmanship of all of their costuming. They did very good. I don't know if they were hand making them or if there's a company that makes the diva cat suit. I don't know. I really tried to not pay too much attention because like it's a cat suit. So if I'm paying too much attention, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, you know, like being (laughs) skeevy. So I'm trying to not be that guy. Yeah. Some costumes it's easy to pay attention to without looking creepy. Yeah. Divas is yes. not one of them. Um, <laughs> but man, I saw a lot of Diva. I saw a lot of, um, who's the cowboy from, uh, from Overwatch? The cowboy, I forget his name.
1: <laughs> oh my god, Steven.
0: I don't play How as is him. It that... <laughs> I don't play I, as him.
1: I know. <laughs> um,. I saw
0: Reapers. I saw, oh, man, I saw a girl, Reaper, that was so cool. Her, cl- like, yeah. the way she did it is she focused more on, like, she had, like, a flowy cloak to kind of make up for or to simulate, like, the way he travels around the map. And her guns uh-huh. were on point by literal. I mean, her literal <laughs> pistols. I want to be clear. I'm not making a euphemism, anyone listening. I mean, literally, her pistols were huge because she was, like, she must have been, like, five foot nothing. And her guns were like a foot long each. So I was like, so it was almost like a chibi reaper, almost. Uh-huh. Um, so I saw that. Um, I saw the entire cast of Ruby like seven times, uh-huh. um, which was great. I don't know if you know what Ruby is. RWBY. No, I don't. It's an anime. You're okay. It's fine. Oh, okay. Um, and I, actually, you know what? I don't know if it classifies as an anime, it's a rooster teeth joint. Um, oh, okay. It's super... The, the art style is very distinctive, and the four characters are very distinct from each other, and so they, uh-huh. they lend each other to, like, a, a group cosplay. So uh-huh. we saw that, um, and I have never seen more cosplaying babies in my life. <laughs> there okay. were lots of little baby Pikachus, <laughs> where, like, mom, mom or dad was Ash. Um, uh-huh. I saw a baby Mario... Saw like lots of babies. I have never seen so many babies at PAX before. Yeah. Um. I've seen lots of kids. Yeah, yeah. But never so many babies. Um, never seen and never expected to see as many babies without like headphones or earplugs or something. Like they were just letting those oh, kids just yeah. get completely overwhelmed. Maybe they were hoping they would fall asleep from overstimulation.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> you know. Sometimes babies, there's just too much noise. They just shut down. Yeah. Like a, com- like a computer, maybe that's what they were hoping for. I don't know. Um but it was super adorable. Super adorable.
1: Uh that's funny. I don't know if we talked about this last week. Did we talk about the cosplay that I saw at um Emerald City Comic Con? Nope. No, we did not. Tell week? me about the cosplay. Okay, so there there was a lot that was sort of your standard, you know, expected thing. But the, the cosplay, the only person that I stopped to ask to take a picture of was this girl who was uh dressed up as Daenerys from Game of Thrones, which totally saw you know, 20, 20 different Daeneryses, but this girl specifically was recreating the scene of where Daenerys is eating the heart of the stallion to sort of prove that her baby is going to be powerful and whatnot, so she was carrying around this like red, glowing, like crystal-y type of thing, with blood all down her hands, and down her face, and uh, Steven, you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but any Game of Thrones fan will know exactly the scene that I'm talking about. And she was able to recreate that. It was like, it just took it to the next level. You know, it's one thing to buy the wig and walk around <laughs> as Daenerys. It's another thing to put all that extra effort into it. So
0: that, yeah. um, speaking of someone putting extra effort into it, there was a woman that was there. I'm sure that she's in some cosplay gallery around from the show. Um, but she was yeah. doing a uh, spider woman, like Venom. Uh. Like, being oh, taken okay. over by the symbiote, and she was mid-transformation, so she had, like, the black lines of the symbiote, oh. like, coming up from her uh, torso, up onto her wow. face. And I was trying to find the AFK room run by Take This, because I needed yeah. a minute. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, because, no lie, I always need a minute with uh, at yeah. that place, because it's crazy. Um, and the tape and the AFK room is the only place that's quiet in that whole place. So I was trying to find it and I stumbled into the hallway where all the cosplayers were like doing their photo opportunities. Uh huh. And so I had seen her on the floor and she Uh was super tall. (laughs) Like she was taller than me. So I mean, what, six one. Um, (laughs) so she is a very tall, um, very powerful woman. Um, Uh And she was a very convincing Spider-Man woman because she was very flexible. And I was like, you are Uh terrifying me right now. Uh, But the the makeup job (laughs) was amazing because first I thought it was just a bodysuit. And then as I walked closer, I was like, crap, somebody painted that on your body. Maybe it was a stencil. I'm not really sure. Um, But either way, it was Uh super crazy. Like mid-transformation symbiote Spider-Man, which is kind of rad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that does sound cool. All right, so all in all, good show for you. Yeah, I thought it was good. I
0: mean, it was productive. Uh, did some. Uh, I went to a panel that was about uh, improving your games writing uh, by, that was run by Susan Arndt and Alexander Skluwinski um, and Jonathan Holmes from uh, uh, Destructoid. And we found out that Jonathan, did you know that Jonathan Holmes was on Road Rules? No. <laughs> Do you know who Jonathan Holmes is? You probably know, know of him. He was By, the yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: So know of him, yeah, Yeah.
0: So he, he talked about how he was on the season five of Road Rules, and Susan Art, <laughs> okay. who watched Road Rules religiously, never knew that that was him. But when he described <laughs> what he looked like on the show, she had, like, a complete meltdown. Um, wow. Well, I mean, a Susan Art excitement meltdown. I mean,
1: you, yes, I'm sure yes. you've heard
0: those. Because, like, she yeah. was a big fan and she liked this guy and whatever. Um, and yeah. I learned a lot of good stuff. It was very useful. I think the uh, um, it was exactly what I needed it to be. Um, so cool. made some connections, got to play some cool games. Um, I didn't die. <laughs>
1: That's always a good thing.
0: <laughs> it was so you cold though. Oh my!
1: You Lord. you didn't catch a a PAX plague?
0: At nope, least. I did not. Okay. I was good. very excited. Good. Um. You know why? Uh, because you can avoid that by not touching people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that this is true, but you had to touch controllers, which were touched by other people, unless you like, hand sanitized before and after um, you touched touch. I was controller. very
0: lucky that most of the controllers that I touched were by appointment,
1: uh-huh. and they
0: were control and they were cleaning them in between appointments. I I watched. Oh, there was one okay. game I went to. I met, by the way, I met a PR woman named Wonder, and I thought that was such a cool name. Um, <laughs> and as I came in, she was cleaning the controller for the game.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, clearly... you gotta keep those things clean. I remember when we were exhibiting, when I was doing marketing, we were exhibiting at, I think it was San Diego Comic-Con. So, like, crazy, crazy crowds of people. And the game was on Wii, um, and it used the Wiimote and the on the nunchuck. Uh, and, like, there is some, like, gross sludge like left on this controller like all the time. We were like we had like a giant sized tub of those sanitizing wipes and it was just disgusting. It was disgusting anyhow. Yeah, that's uh, terrifying. <laughs> um uh all right, so so that's PAX East. Yep. Won't be another PAX for a while. Is Pax West the next one? Maybe Australia come I don't know. PAX Australia
0: Pax Australia is in October,
1: a couple oh, okay. weeks before so, yeah. Pax
0: Unplugged. I think they probably have Chicago or something.
1: Uh, well, let's look. Maybe.
0: That's what the internet yeah, is for. Yeah, I don't for. think so. Yeah.
1: I All will, right. So I'll while look. Steven, oh, so so while Steven's looking, we're moving to some news. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. It's not coming out to March twenty first, but if you have EA slash Origin access, you can play it right now. So that's cool, um, which is I that's it's not an unheard of thing for EA to do. Like they did that for um for Battlefield One, right, right, Steven?
0: Um, My yeah, no, 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 guy? absolutely. EA Access, that's what they do. Um, they take the yeah. big games, they put it up there. They have indicated that the EA Access, um, it's going to be somewhat limited. You can play the multiplayer all you want, but the story mode will be gated. You will, um, uh, you will only be able to go so far. You can play it for the full 10 hours, but you will only yeah. be able to go so far. Um, I'm looking forward to it. This is the probably the only way I'm going to be playing this game for quite some time. So.
1: Mm, yeah. I'm actually not going to get to play it for quite some time either. Still working on Horizon. I want to finish that before I would start this, and that's going to be a long time. And I'm going to pull out my novel that I finished in February. We'll have, we'll have done it's is necessary hibernation so i need to pull it out to do another draft and then uh, look for readers and so i want to do that first as well. So honestly, i don't see us actually buying this until like may probably. So um, that's only a just, month from now. That's more that's a little more than a month from now. Or Anyhow. 2 months. 2 months. Yeah. 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 So You'll get so that. that's that. Yeah, i mean we will. We will get it eventually. It's just um you know, being a parent you don't play things right when they come out all the time <laughs> um but speaking of mass effect andromeda if you play rock band 4 you're gonna start to see some cool mass effect gear in the, in the store for rock band uh, I'm looking at the uh, IGN article they have some pretty awesome pictures uh, <laughs> of the the mass effect stuff you can basically get up full full n7 gear uh which is pretty awesome so um and, uh, and it's free. It's part of a free update. So, so that's pretty cool. Cross promotion for the win. Um, let's see. What else is happening? So Capcom is going to be bringing a bunch of old Disney games to Xbox One and PlayStation 4. It is called the Disney Afternoon Collection and includes Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Chippendale Rescue Rangers 2, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, DuckTales 2, and Tailspin. Have you played any of these games, Stephen?
0: I played both of them, in fact. Um, oh, This okay. is super good news uh, because most of these games were out of print or super hard to find. Um, right. Right. Like, this is, from a preservation perspective, mm-hmm. this is huge. Um, yeah. So these are games that would have been lost to time, um, but the fact that they're being released on the Xbox One and Microsoft has said that all games made you know Xbox 1 moving forward forever will be compatible with each other this means that this is a game you're going to be able to have you know like so I am a huge fan of that um and they're good games I mean DuckTales yeah. is one of the best platformers ever made Chippendale's Rescue Rangers is an amazing co-op experience um it's the I think that um this is definitely a nostalgia play I don't think that a lot of kids will have any real understanding like this isn't gonna get marketed as like a family type thing um because right, i don't think right. kids will get it um yeah. but it i mean i'm excited yeah. I, I enjoyed these games on the nes um and being able to play them again um and from a preservation standpoint i want them to do this all the time just forever
1: yeah 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 i haven't played any of these games and uh i didn't know that this was coming um actually I did know about it. I, I before I read about it on GameSpot, which is the, the story that I'm looking at now. It was on my Facebook feed from <laughs> my developer friend Mike Micah is like, our game finally got announced. I'm like, Oh, that's good. So that's digital eclipse is developing it. Digital Eclipse, if yeah. you know anything, they're all about uh keeping the retro world alive. Yeah. By sounds, remaking,
0: sounds like a good yeah. match for them. Um and it's twenty bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a really good price for six games. Um, even if you only end up playing one of them, it's still worth it. Uh, Tailspin is a really yeah. cool, like, side-scrolling arcade. Uh, like Almost like a spaceship shooter, kind of like Gradius or whatever, uh-huh. only you're blue in, um, in a biplane. Um, they're real good. These are games that I, I, I... This will be one of my more recommended games of the year. I just don't think a lot of kids are going to understand. You're going to have to explain it. But this yeah. is like the Mega Man Legacy Collection when they put that out, right? Like it's just this is real uh-huh. good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's coming out later this year. You will A- be able to play April, is it April, April eighteenth. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty quick then. No um, love for the Switch
0: though. Like, why is this not on the Switch? That just feels dumb to me. I'm sure that that's probably uh, being announced. I mean, that. Th- yeah. I mean, so give it time. Yeah. I'm sure, but.
1: Yeah, it was, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the devs just didn't have the equipment to, to make it for Switch right away, but I'm sure they probably do now. Unconfirmed, all, all, <laughs> wait, probably will become to Switch, but unconfirmed, I don't like to start rumors here. Um, so something that's pretty cool is uh, the free PlayStation Plus game for April is actually going to be Drawn to Death, which is a brand new game. So it's going to be free for PlayStation Plus members right out of the gate. Um, Drawn to Death is made was created by David Jaffe, who is also the creator of God of War and Twisted Metal. I played this a little bit at When did, where did I play this? It must have been PAX. I didn't go to E3, so it must have been PAX. Um it's uh it's, Uh don't laugh at me. Um it's a I'm multiplayer up. um arena uh thing. Like Overwatch. So Steven, you should like it. The cool thing about it is that it's the whole art style it looks like you know some teenager drawing on their notebook <laughs> and like heavy metal type stuff. It's all like black and white with just with splashes of red. Um, this is really really cool art style. When I played it, it's not my thing, and I was terrible at it, which you know doesn't help at all. But but yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, and that's a huge deal for for PlayStation Plus to get this thing for free.
0: Yep. Um,
1: so so yeah, so there's that. Um other quick news for our Nintendo fans. The uh, Legend of Zelda Symphony has announced their locations and dates. Uh, it's going to be lots of places all over the world. 15th Seattle, September 22nd. I wonder if Courtney will be going to that. My guess is going to be yes. Even if you don't live near by a huge city center, it looks like there's probably one that's close to you. So, if you want to go listen to uh, the Symphony play music from Zelda, that's, that's there you go. You can buy tickets now for most of those. But um, anyhow, that's cool. Steven, have you ever gone to one of these? Nope.
0: nope. Um, no, no plan to? I don't – man, I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> um, And that – like, I go to PAX because I have to. <laughs> but if I could have all those people just come to my house, I would. Um. No, I mean, you know what? If there was one that was super close to me, like if they did it in Hartford or something, I probably would kind of have to
1: go. Uh, but... Yeah. All right. So that's that that's happening. So it's a little bit of a more of a topic than a news story. And that uh, Jim Sterling, who is a freelance games reporter, he's been covering stuff for forever. Um, he reviewed uh, Breath of the Wild and gave it a 7 out of 10. And according to the Internet, he may as well just have killed somebody, um, which isn't really a surprise to most of us, who know, <laughs> about things going on the Internet. Um, but, yeah, so it's like think another thing that people are freaking out about is because of his review or they think it's because of his review, the Metacritic has brought the score down to 97, um, which is uh, it's not not good enough for people. Apparently it had been 98 until his his review uh, posted. But, um, yeah. So, some people even brought a lawsuit against him. Um, well, <laughs> for, so, I don't even know. I
0: can... <laughs> I can speak to, I can speak to all that. So let me just, so okay. f- I'll fill in yeah. some details. Um,
1: okay. So
0: number one, in regards to the Metacritic thing, it was a 98, which put it in the company of, there were three games that have a 98. Um, uh-huh. by dropping it down to a 97, now it's tied with eight other games, um, which uh-huh. really, it's still in Rare Company, but not, like, one of the best Metacritic games of all time. Um, so that's yeah. why people are freaking out Whatever The lawsuit thing was a company that sued him because he negatively reviewed their game. Um, and they were abusive, and they sued him for, I think, like, $5 million or something like that for damages. Wow. Um, and he won. Um, so yeah. the thing with Jim Sterling is he is not afraid to make a point. And if he doesn't like something, he's going to tell you. Um, And if he likes something, he will also tell you. Um, Yes. The issue here is he didn't even give Breath of the Wild a bad score. He gave it a 7. Yes. He gave it a 7. And the biggest reason was because he really didn't like the weapon degradation mechanic. Now, I will tell you, as someone who is playing the game, the weapon degradation mechanic is kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get it. I understand what it's telling me to do. It really forces uh-huh. you to use different weapons. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, that's what it's telling you to do. It's telling you to find different weapons and, um, like, like use different fighting styles. You know, maybe you shouldn't just fight uh-huh. with a long sword and a shield the entire time. Maybe you should use a two-handed axe. Maybe you should use a spear. Whatever. Um, which was one of the best parts of Wind Waker. The the key uh-huh. is with Wind Waker, weapons didn't break, so you could just kind of do whatever you wanted. Right. Like, yeah. So he just didn't like that. It just bugged yeah. him. Yeah. Um, he didn't see the point. He much, w- he would have much rather had a bunch of weapons that you just earned over time to use in different situations and like mm-hmm. forced you to use them against different enemies rather than having you have to kind of react on the fly. Um, yeah. And so he gave it a seven, but a seven by his scale and by most company scales, by the way, this is why Engage Family Gaming does not score our reviews. Right. <laughs> um, is because by any other account, like, the game is re- – he said it was good. so it was even yeah. great.
1: Um, yeah. You know,
0: seven is a good score.
1: Seven um, is a good score. Six is you a good score. You run into that oh. – it's funny because, you know, obviously at IGN, you know, you get into score arguments all the time, but – you get some backlash. Like, I had never ever imagined the backlash I would get for giving uh, Dark Spore a 7. It was just insane. Like, people just went off. And for Dark Spore, I mean, I, I was surprised that it had such a massive vocal, or maybe it wasn't massive, but such a very vocal following to, like, totally ripped me a new one um uh, because i gave it a seven and of course the she's a girl she doesn't know obviously came out into those arguments as well but it was a seven it was okay yeah. you know uh but yeah people get way bent out of shape we talked about this um once on girl fight um dana jungle ward um uh, who was on there with me and actually who is my boss she's wonderful uh doesn't write about games anymore which is a little bit of a shame uh, but she like she made the point to, like these people, it's like they almost take it personally, and it's you know it's like you know what you like this game, that's great. I don't have to like it, but that's okay too. It yep. doesn't mean that you're a bad person <laughs> if I don't yep. like the same games that you do, and it's just they just get so just so annoyed about this. Yeah. Uh. Uh. So so another thing that happened with Jim Sterling is uh his site has gotten a DDoS attack. Yep. So yeah. much fun there. Yeah, it's
0: Yeah. Um the the idea that um you know, and yeah, it's just the 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 it's embarrassing to be a Zelda fan right now. Is really what it is. Yeah.
1: Um
0: because who cares if it's only a 97 on Metacritic? It is yeah. more likely than not going to be the game of the year this year, right? Like Mhm. I mean forget my whether or not what people think about my opinions. Let's let's look at major gaming news sites. Like it's probably going to be game of the year in multiple different places. Um and and it's in great company, right? Like it's going to be kicking yeah. the crap out of games like a new Mass Effect and Horizon yeah. and a new Red Dead game. Um and yeah. I can't imagine even Rockstar is going to be able to beat this thing. This is a truly transcendent experience. You'll understand when you get there. Um, Yeah. Like, this thing is absolutely insane. I was playing it this afternoon. Like, it's crazy good. Um, The fact that someone else... I don't know where we got as a society, um, as far as gamers, to decide that someone else not liking something has any impact at all about whether or not we like it. Um, Right. I had a... There was a game I bought when I owned the Nintendo 64 that was called Mace the Dark Ages. And it was a fighting game that was very much aping on Mortal Kombat, right? Mm. Objectively, it was a bad game. It was clunky as all get out. The combos were hard. The controls were non-responsive. But my brother and I, we loved that game. (laughs) We learned all the characters. And we had, like, our own in-house meta where yeah. we decided who we were going to play and how we would play against each other. And that game was terrible. I mean, <laughs> it was just awful, right? But, like, we loved it. Yeah. So who cared? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I'm looking it up yeah. right now to see uh, what its Metacritic score was.
1: Yeah. That's another thing, too, is Metacritic <laughs> is sort of... It's sort of the bane of lots of people's existence. Uh. It, uh, lots By lots of people, I mean game developers because unfortunately, some companies do link bonuses or other things to Metacritic. And yeah. Metacritic, you know, used to be, it just used to be like, you know, your, your well-respected, well-known sites were on there, GameStop, IGN, all those guys. But now they have so many sites that they work into their scores. They're like... A ridiculous amount of sites so i mean you can't even take them seriously anymore in my opinion yeah. it's just a yeah i mean it's just it's just a good place to get i guess um i guess an average but i really wish that game publishers wouldn't, wouldn't hold their teams to this ridiculous standard i agree it's it's, it's ridiculous so. yeah
0: In fun fact the review for mace the dark ages as play um as uh printed on GameSpot back in <laughs> 1997 was by one Jeff Gersman. <laughs> That's nice. the guy that licked the uh switch uh the switch um cartridge first.
1: Yes. Yeah. That, that dude guy, has been, been in, around a long time. He's too. been
0: in game, he's been writing about games since I was 17 years old. Yeah. Jeff, my man. <laughs> I hope you're okay. Um that's why he's yeah. looking can- he's just he's just I don't know what else to do. So anyway. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean who ca- and it, he gave it a 4.5 out of 10 or a 5.5 5 yeah. out of 10. Like it was objectively bad. It was a terrible game. But it was yeah. fine. I loved it. Oh man, I still yeah. <laughs> have great memories of playing that game. Um you know, like it, it's just it's one dude. Um uh, but I, we had people I... calling it like, "Oh, he hates Nintendo." So that means he just wanted to send a message to Nintendo that he doesn't like their stuff. And it's like, no, because <laughs> if he hated Nintendo, he wouldn't review their stuff. Because it would yes. be more news if he refused. Because Jim Sterling is a big deal. If he just said, no, uh-huh. I'm never reviewing a Nintendo game again, that would be sending a bigger yeah. message. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It's a message that I don't think Nintendo would give a crap about because Nintendo fans are going right. to buy their games. Even if no they were what. never reviewed, who waits for a review on a Legend of Zelda game, really?
1: <laughs> right, you know, yes. like who's waiting? Yeah, for that? yeah. I mean,
0: somebody is, I'm sure. I sure as hell wasn't. I mean, what, what, what?
1: I mean, uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, <sighs> I don't pay much attention to reviews at all, either. Like I know you reviews... don't. You yelled at me
0: about that the other week.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, because I don't. I mean, I'm sure that lots of these people are fine, but I don't know a lot of the people who are writing reviews anymore except for Arthur Gies at Polygon. And I read his reviews, and I trust him because I know him, and I know that he's very respectable and can look at things very objectively. Uh, But, yeah, so he's pretty much the only one. So right now I take more word of mouth than than anything, which I think is what most people should do anyhow because your friends are going to know you better than a random reviewer, so they should be able to tell you. What you would like and what you wouldn't.
0: Are you implying so. that you don't trust me to be objective? No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I was going to give you a compliment. Like, so you're part of the word of mouth that I pay oh, attention right. to. Oh, okay. Sure, Steven. Just yeah, forget it. I'm not ever going to compliment you again. God.
0: <laughs> Never again. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, anyway. So yeah. video games.
1: <laughs> um yeah so i don't have any more news did you have any more news steven or do you want to just jump right into talking about more zelda
0: um no wait there is something that i want to talk about so there is a you'll appreciate this there is a kickstarter that just went live today so if you're Uh listening to this two days ago uh called battle princess madeline have you heard of this I have not. Battle Princess Madeline. um, There's going to be some coverage going up um, on Engage Family Gaming over the coming weeks. But Battle Princess Madeline is a game designed by a dude who um, had a young daughter who liked to play Ghosts and Goblins. And she was disappointed Uh that the guy in Ghosts and Goblins was a dude. And he said, well, that's fine. I can make you a game with a girl. What color armor should she wear? And she said, pink. And so he was like, fine. So... It's goose, it's and it's straight up ghosts and goblins with like an, with a uh-huh. obviously a more advanced art ha, kind of hand drawn characters, uh-huh. um, yeah, and uh, with a female protagonist uh, named Maddie, after his daughter, um, uh-huh. and his daughter is has an active, she is an active participant in the development team from a level and character design standpoint. He will not tell us what that means, but I suppose that Uh means we're going to be fighting monsters designed by Madeline.
1: Nice.
0: Um, And so that's up on Kickstarter right now. Um, It's going to be out on their goal, assuming they make it, um, is uh, Steam, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. Um, But they've got, but this is not some fly-by-night thing. Yeah. It is a, and they're actually doing all right. Uh, The the campaign went live a couple hours ago, um, and they're already almost twenty percent of the way there. Um, Cool. And they've got a month to go, so that's uh, that's pretty good stuff. I mean, it got traffic from Eurogamer, yeah, um, things like that. So, um, yeah, they're at about seven. Yeah, they're they're almost at twenty percent of their goal. They're looking for forty four grand, and they're at seventy seven hundred. Um, so almost wow. 20% okay. so yeah it's very neat very excited about it I think um, anyone that is interested in supporting this project which I think this is a cool project to support get on in there uh-huh. um, and uh, take a look at it
1: oh you know what I said that there was no more news well this isn't video game news I totally was going to talk about this earlier but I forgot they released a new Wonder Woman trailer Stephen did you see the new My Wonder Woman trailer
0: god is that trailer cool this is the one with her <laughs> origin story right
1: can, yes. Can I just yes. say
0: that the little girl they have to play like young Diana is easily the most like adorable <laughs> person I've ever seen on television or not on television but like she is. Yeah. My god, she's like and she looks like a young gal Godot. Like yes. Could they have done be- like I can't imagine they could have done better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um yeah, this this trailer is amazing. I just say I would say, I would say it tops um the other trailers that they've released thus far. Um My husband would hate it because, uh, especially if you combine it with the other trailers, you had a pretty good sense of what the story is. Uh, But that's okay. I love it. It's going to be awesome.
0: Well, of course, I mean, it's not like, were there really going to be any surprises in Wonder Woman?
1: Well, one of the things that, uh, well, that this trailer cleared up, that had been some speculation, would be her actual origin, because... She has about 5 different origin stories throughout the comics. True. So, it was yeah, it was definitely a question of which one that they were going to use. And uh it seems to be the one from the New 52 series that DC put out. In the early 90s, I want to say. I don't no. remember exactly. New 50- I New I
0: 52 was like 4 years ago.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. I must've been thinking something else. But yeah, I haven't I haven't read those ones yet. I Totally been wanting to get them, but other things have been occupying my time. Yeah. books I need to read for book club and you know, games and writing books and dealing with uh a little girl who can't wait to go to England and can't wait for her birthday and can't wait for Easter. Interestingly enough, as we are a non religious household. <laughs> Anyhow, that's a whole other issue. Um, okay, then so games. Uh Steven, obviously you've been playing Zelda. Do you have anything new to say about Zelda? Yeah.
0: Um, okay. I, wanna, I First off, I'd like to reiterate that it's really good. Um, okay. I went into my very first dungeon, mm-hmm. um, which is impressive considering it's like 20 hours in and I just decided randomly to go into a dungeon. Um, <laughs> yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo. Um, this game, it's really good. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say much other than that. It's really good. It is The the dungeon warped my brain in ways that I didn't think I was ever going to have happen. Um,
1: Okay. I
0: have never um, been able to... So, without spoiling it, um, I have never been able to manipulate the map before. Like, I don't remember Uh a time where I wasn't just exploring, you know, going from room to room and, like, opening doors is different. Like, this is one where... There are whole areas that you have to interact with, um, and by interacting with it in a certain way, it opens up different. It, it's just crazy how mind-bending this
1: uh-huh.
0: Colossus was, and you're going running around outside it, on top of it, and but it. What I really liked about it is that it felt like what it was. These the dungeons are very specific things, right? Uh-huh. Um, and you felt like you were inside that thing to scale, and it was awesome. Um, and I, you know, and, and so for those playing it, if you have just started it, um, it is worth doing these dungeons. You'll know what I'm talking about. Like, give it, you know, what I don't even have to say it. You'll understand. It is worth doing them, um, because... Uh, it, it's certainly worth it because the rewards are well worth it. They aid you in your quest in ways that are more than, oh, you get another heart container, blah, 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 blah. Like, because <laughs> the thing with this game is they give you all the tools right up front and everything you just go and you, everything just, you just go do it, right? Um, yeah. So you you might be like, well, why, you know, what's the worry about doing these dungeons? No, no, no. They, they figured out a way to give you some really interesting <laughs> stuff. Um... And it's very cool design space, um, so go do it. And they're wicked cool. Um, you know, don't rush. You know, take your time, enjoy the game, but they are worth it. Trust mm. me. <laughs> um, and if it feels like wet, that one's a good one to start with, I think.
1: Okay. Have you been playing anything else, or is it pretty much just Zelda? Um,
0: I played, Bo- oh man, I played Specter of Torment. Which is the new Shovel Knight? Um, Oh, okay. Oh, that was that was that like a tinge of disgust?
1: No, it was just I didn't know what you were talking about. You said it's new Shovel Knight, and I was like, oh, okay.
0: Okay, I thought that was a dismissive. I thought that that was a dismissive. Okay, so um, (laughs) here's the thing: if you like Shovel Knight, Specter of Torment is more Shovel Knight, Um, but it is way harder, way harder. Um, because, uh, Specter Knight, this is a prequel, so it's before, basically, he was, like, dead. (laughs) Um, it's a very tragic story, actually, this, you know, this guy does. Um, and so, um, his big trick is that he uses this, his, like, scythe, and he can move at an angle through either enemies or, um, Uh like, lamps, or candles that are all over the levels. But if he just went up, he can't go up again. He must go uh-huh. down. So you do like the zigzag across the level. Um, and so uh-huh. it is that creates a very interesting platforming challenges where you have to use that and not have your momentum carry you immediately down into a pit.
1: <laughs> mm, um, okay.
0: It's a challenge, but it's super good. Uh, super good. Um, you know, a little darker. Um, but it's a prequel. Like you're, he's assembling the bad guys that become the villains in Shovel Knight. Um, it's part of the Treasure Trove. So if you don't already own Shovel Knight, if you bought Shovel Knight initially, like if you backed it on Kickstarter or whatever, then you get this for free. It's a download. Just go to whatever console you own it on and download it. If it is, um, if you've never bought it, I highly recommend buying the Treasure Trove. Because it includes Shovel Knight, um, and Plague Knight and now Spectre Knight, and will eventually include King Knight and a battle mode. So it'll be mm. worth it to have, you know, to spend the twenty five bucks and just get all four of these games. Because this is if this were put out back on the NES, this would have just been Shovel Knight two. Mm. Um or Shovel yeah. Knight, you know, maybe Shovel Knight Three, depending on how they wanted to do whether they what they want to do with Plague Knight. Uh, but it is completely different, all new levels, all new bosses. It's rad. 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 What about you? Cool. What have you been playing?
1: Um, I haven't... I, I'm trying to think. Of, it's only two, really. I've been playing more Hearthstone. Like I said, I'm trying to save up as much gold as possible. So I've been jumping in and doing the daily quests. Sure. Uh, As much as I can just to get the gold. Um and uh but some of my quests have been like kind of annoying. So like they'll you know they'll say like win 3 games or 5 games playing as such and such class. And so I'll do that with some classes that I haven't really played much and don't really know very well. Yeah. Um and then like I'll I'll win, I'll like win the first one, but then it becomes impossible basically to win another one. But I don't want to cancel that quest because I already made progress to it. So, so that's annoying. Right now I'm having troubles with Warrior. Um <laughs> but anyhow, uh, what I've been playing more of um is Horizon Zero Dawn. As I mentioned, I uh I got my daughter to watch that with me instead of her making me play Final Fantasy 15. Um and she's she enjoyed it. You know, there's a I don't know if this is the same Final Fantasy 15 or whatever, but you you collect all these um resources from the world. They have these little triangles and like, she's very, very good at spotting all of the resources, oh, yeah. which is great to a certain degree, because there are some points where I just run by the resources because I've got more than enough stuff. I don't need to stop and pick up another, you know, bit yep. of wood or whatever. But she's like, Mommy, Mommy, there's there, there, over there, over there, over there. Um, so so it was fun and not fun having her watch me at the same time. <laughs> but um. But it's funny too because she was waiting like for bad guys, <laughs> quote unquote, or friends, like because you you know you're all by yourself. And she's like, "Well, where's your friend? Where's your friend?" And I said, "That's okay, honey. I can make robots my friends." So uh, so yeah. So I uh I tamed some Striders so that she could see me ride robots. I'm still not terribly far in that game. I've been doing all the side stuff that as it pops up. Yeah. So I, j- I just finished um the first cauldron. I don't know. Are the cauldrons mandatory? I don't remember if they are or not. No, but they I are finished not. the first one of Yeah, I so I finished so. the first one of those. Yeah. Uh I finished the first one of those right before um we started recording. But super cool. Yeah, if you are if you're not going to do the cauldrons though, that's it's, a, it's like a dungeon for the most part. They're really great um puzzly type stuff. Um and then um yeah, that's about it. I'm still loving that game. It's um it's, it's really good. <laughs> Just like Steven could only sell Zelda it's really good. This is really good. Um, the story is interesting and um, th- there's it's got a lot of uh, it's got a, some, s- some sense of humor in it too. like there is one side quest that I did where i was supposed to go find somebody's somebody who got left behind from like their war party or whatever and he's all like shocked to be saved by a girl. And he's like, you know, I never would have thought of blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and she's like, fine, whatever. If you don't want to come back with me, you can just stay here. See ya. <laughs> so I was like, yes. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to gamingwiththemoms at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at gamingwithmoms.com. Steven, as noted at the top of the show, is editor and founder of Engaged Family Gaming. What's going on at Engaged Family Gaming?
0: More of the same for those folks that uh, regularly consume our content. However, I would encourage everyone to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we are looking to grow our numbers. They have been growing steadily in, the, in recent weeks. However, cool. we're looking for more folks. So uh, that's iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, soon to be other platforms. Just to spread the word. Um, Otherwise, you know, the standard issue stuff, like us on Facebook, like us on, uh, follow us on Twitter, and join the Facebook community, which is growing significantly uh, recently, thanks to a shout out on the Nerdist podcast. Um, So, um, so welcome to everybody new in there, but certainly join it. That's EngageFamilyGaming.com slash community.
1: Cool. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back with you next week. Bye.